Blessed Nativity Fast, and welcome to this week's episode of the Divine Lantern. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower, and enrich. I'm your host, Jemana, from the Nativity of the Theotokos Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales. In this week's episode, we will be joined by His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, who will be providing a message on the Feast of the Presentation of the Theodokos. This will be followed by short readings from our Philokalic Nourishment series, as well as a selected chanting track. We will then conclude today's episode with a special reading from our Orthodox Library. But first, we would like to begin this week's episode with a morning prayer service or prayers upon awakening. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. Glory to you, our God, glory to you. O heavenly King, comforter and spirit of truth, you who are in all places and fill all things, the treasury of blessings and the giver of life, come to dwell in us, cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls, O gracious one. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. All Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us from our sins. Master, pardon our iniquities. Holy One, visit and heal our infirmities for your name's sake. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. As we arise from sleep, we fall down before you, O good one. And we cry to you with the hymn of the angels, O mighty one. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Having raised me from bed and from sleep, O Lord, enlighten my mind and my heart, and open my lips that I may praise you, O Holy Trinity. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. Suddenly the judge shall come and the deeds of each shall be laid bare. But let us cry out with fear in the midst of the night, Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. 
As I rise from sleep, I thank you, O Holy Trinity, for because of your great goodness and long-suffering, you were not wroth with me, the slothful and sinner. Nor did you destroy me in my iniquities, but did show your wanted love for man. And when I was prostrate in despair, you did raise me to keep the morning watch and glorify your dominion. And now enlighten the eyes of my mind, open my mouth to meditate on your words and to understand your commandments, and to do your will, and to chant to you in heartfelt confession, and praise your all-holy name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Glory be to you, O Almighty God and King, for in your divine and man-befriending providence you have deemed me, who am a sinner and unworthy, worthy to rise up from sleep and to enter your holy house. O Lord, receive the voice of my supplication as you receive that of your holy noetic powers and be well pleased that with a pure heart and in a spirit of humility praise be offered to you from my defiled lips so that I, with the radiant lamp of my soul, may also become a communicant with the wise virgins and glorify you, God the Word, glorified in the Father and the Spirit. Amen. O Christ, the true light, who does enlighten and sanctify every man who comes into the world, let the light of your countenance be signed upon us, that in it we may behold the unapproachable light, and guide our steps in the performance of your commandments by the intercessions of your all-immaculate Mother and of all your saints. Amen. Through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, O Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let us praise in faith Mary the child of God Whom long ago the assembly Of prophets foretold Speaking of her as jar Of manna and Aaron's rod Tablet of the law And uncut mountain For she is led today Into the holy of holies There to be brought up unto the
At that time, Jesus entered a village, and a woman called Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve you alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled by many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. As he said this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that you sucked. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear clergy, brothers and sisters in Christ, on November 21st, the Holy Orthodox Church celebrates the Feast of the Presentation or Entrance of the Theotokos into the Temple. Today, the Living Temple, the Temple of the Great King, enters into the Temple to prepare a divine abode, wherefore you nations rejoice. This reading from the first antiphon of the feast day. This feast of the Mother of God, like all her other feasts, has no biblical reference, meaning that the story of her entrance is not found in any of the Holy Scriptures, but rather is based on the Holy Tradition, specifically found in one of the second century apocryphal books known as the Proto-Evangelium of James. So in order to understand the spiritual and theological meaning of this feast, we must refer to the readings from the Vespers and Matins, as well as the Epistle and Gospel readings from the Divine Liturgy. It is worth noting that the feast of the entrance of the Theotokos into the Temple leads directly to the Nativity of the Saviour as an anticipation of this great event, the coming of the Redeemer of the world. Liturgically, from this day, the Nativity Katavasiya is sung, and on the first Sunday, after the leave-taking of the feast, that is on the 25th of November, we chant the Nativity Kondakion in the Divine Liturgy, on this day the Virgin come to the cave. We read the story of the feast in the Synexarion of Matins, leading the procession into the temple where virgins with lighted tapers in their hands, then the three-year-old most holy virgin led by her father and mother, 15 steps led up to the temple. Joachim and Anna lifted the virgin onto the first step then she ran quickly to the top herself, where she was met by the high priest Zechariah, who was to be the father of St. John the Foreigner. Taking her by the hand, he led her not only into the temple, but into the Holy of Holies, the holiest of the holy places, into which no one but the high priest ever entered, and only once each year at that Zechariah was outside himself and possessed by God when he led the virgin into the holiest place in the temple. 
beyond the second curtain, otherwise his action could not be explained. The Most Holy Virgin remained in the temple and dwelled there for nine full years. The Theotokos, as a three-year-old girl, according to the Jewish law, was forbidden to enter the temple. Nevertheless, acting prophetically, the high priest Zechariah overturned these laws and received her with gladness into the dwelling and abode of God. We read that he leads her directly into the Holy of Holies by the Holy Spirit. In the service of the Vespers, we read that Zechariah cried to her, To you, the Lord's gate, do I open the temple's gates, gladly enter in, dance for joy therein round about. For I believe and truly know that Israel, ransoming, shall straight away come manifestly, and that from you shall the word of God be truly begotten, even he who grants peace and great mercy to the world. This is from the Aposticha of the Vespers. The main recurring theme in the Vespers and Feast Service is that the Virgin Mary is the living temple of the Holy Majesty and the glory of Christ our God. These images continue in the three Old Testament readings, respectively, from the book of Exodus, chapter 40, the third book of Kingdom, chapter 8, and Ezekiel the prophet, chapter 43 and 44. These Old Testament readings speak of the tabernacle of witness and the ark of the testimony and the locked gate of the sanctuary which looks toward the east. All these images are interpreted as symbols of the mother of God. The Theotokos is described in the hymnology of the church and the sanctified tabernacle and the rational living ark which has contained God, the word, and containable and the impassable gate of the Lord Most High. Undoubtedly, the verses below of Psalms 45, verses 10 through 17, are strongly present today on the feast of the Mother of God. In Psalm 45, we read, Listen, O daughter, behold and incline your ear, and forget your people and your father's house, for the king desires your beauty, for he is your Lord. The virgins behind her shall be brought to the king. Her neighbors shall be brought to you. They shall be brought with gladness and rejoicing. They shall be led into the temple of the king. And they shall remember your name from generation to generation. Therefore, people shall give you thanks to you forever and to the ages. In the words of these psalms, the church understands the direct connection of this prophecy with the consecration of Mary's life in the temple after she leaves her parents, Joachim and Anna. Her parents enter the temple, accompanied by the young virgin, to behold the Lord's most holy temple to the dwell therein, that she might become the divine throne and habitation of God, the master and king of all. The reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, is read during the Matins, 
it describes the visitation of the Theotokos to her cousin Elizabeth. The evangelical passage ends with the praise from Mary, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. In the Divine Liturgy, the Epistle reading is from Hebrews chapter 9, 1-7, and talks about the tabernacle which is called the Holy of Holies, which contains the two tablets of the covenant, and above it is the two cherubim of glory overshadowing the ark's lead. Once again, this Old Testament image is interpreted as a symbol of the Mother of God. The Gospel reading is from St. Luke chapter 10 and 11. In this reading, St. Luke alludes to the attributes and virtues of the Mother of God through her namesake, Mary, the sister of Lazarus. When Jesus visited the two sisters, Mary and Martha, Martha was distracted with serving. As for Mary, she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. The passage ends when a woman in the crowd raises her voice and says to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that you did suck. A beatitude evidently directed at the Theotokos. Jesus answered the women saying, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Other beatification alluding to the Theotokos, for she heard his, his word and kept it in her heart, and thus the Theotokos receives a double blessing. Examining the spiritual significance of this feast, it becomes evident to us that the Theotokos became the living temple of the Holy Majesty. The human person becomes a temple of God and the soul-fitting dwelling place of the Divine Presence. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He furthermore adds in the 6th chapter, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? 1 Corinthians 6.19 Dear brothers and sisters, every Christian who listens and preserves the words of God, that is, lives it by exercising it in their life, become a divine dwelling place as God dwells within him. According to the evangelist John, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and to him we will come, and with him we will make a home. John 14:23. The feast of the entrance of the Theotokos into the temple offers a pedagogical example to Christian parents and families, teaching them how they should behave and how to raise their children in the fear of God. The reading of the feast illustrates the joy of Joachim and Anna as they presented their three-year-old innocent daughter to God. Joachim is radiant with joy today, and the spotless Anna brings 
as a sacrifice to the Lord God, the holy daughter given her by a promise from the service of matins. Mary was the only daughter of the ancestors of God, Joachim and Anna, bestowed upon them by God after a long period. Despite this, they did not keep their daughter to themselves, but rather gave her as a gift to God, offering her into the temple of the Lord to be consecrated at the dwelling of the king of all. We read in the Vespers what St. Anna says to her daughter, Depart the child and be his who has given you to me, become a gift and an oblation made to him, and the pleasant smell of a sweet incense to the Lord. Enter the innermost sanctuary, learn through its mysteries, enter and make yourself ready to be the fair and delightful house and dwelling of Jesus, who both graciously bestow his great mercy on the world. From the Aposticha of the Vespers. Joachim and Anna are the perfect model and paradigm of the pious and virtuous Christian family that dedicates the children to the Lord and presents them as a gift to God where he will accept them and bless them. Amen. Have a blessed feast day for all of you. Amen. Thank you, Sayyidna, for that insightful message. And now, a reading from the Philokalia. Take your weekly spiritual dose and reflect on the words of our Holy Neptic Fathers with this week's Philokalic Nourishment. It is a great virtue to accept patiently whatever comes, and as the Lord enjoins, to love a neighbour who hates you. The sign of sincere love is to forgive wrongs done to us. It was with such love that the Lord loved the world. St. Mark the Ascetic A seed will not grow without earth and water, and a man will not develop without voluntary suffering and divine help. St. Mark the Ascetic A soul can never attain the knowledge of God unless God himself in his condescension takes hold of it and raises it up to himself. For the human intellect lacks the power to ascend and to participate in divine illumination unless God himself draws it out. In so far as this is possible for the human intellect and illumines it with rays of divine light. St. Maximus the Confessor On November 21st in the Holy Orthodox Church, we celebrate the entrance of the Mother of God into the Temple. Within the Temple, Gabriel fed thee, O maid, and shortly he shall come and say to thee, Rejoice! On the 21st, Mary entereth the sacred fane. Leading the procession into the Temple were virgins with lighted tapers in their hands. Then the three-year-old Most Holy Virgin led by her father and mother. The Virgin was clad in vesture of royal magnificence and adornments as was befitting the King's daughter, the Bride of God. Following them were many kingsmen and friends, all with lighted tapers. Fifteen steps led up to the temple. 
Joachim and Anna lifted the Virgin onto the first step. Then she quickly ran to the top herself, where she was met by the high priest Zachariah, who was to be the father of St. John the Forerunner. Taking her by the hand, he led her not only into the temple, but into the Holy of Holies, the holiest of holy places, into which no one but the high priest ever entered, and only once each year at that. Zachariah was outside himself and possessed by God when he led the virgin into the holiest place in the temple, beyond the second curtain. Otherwise, his action could not be explained. The Most Holy Virgin remained in the temple and dwelt there for nine years. While her parents were alive, they visited her often. When God called her parents from this world, the Most Holy Virgin was left an orphan and did not wish to leave the temple until death or to enter in marriage. When God called her parents from this world, the Most Holy Virgin was left an orphan and did not wish to leave the temple until death or to enter into marriage. The Most Holy Virgin Mary was the first of such life-vowed virgins of the thousands and thousands of virgin men and women who would follow her in the Church of Christ. Through the intercessions of the Theotokos, O Christ God, have mercy upon us. Amen. And now, a reading from our Orthodox Library. The Chosen Fruit of Our Race as an Offering to God A chapter from The Life of the Virgin Mary by St. Maximus the Confessor And so the Virgin was presented at the temple, where so many wonders had occurred that my frail spirit cannot give form to it, nor can my earth-born tongue lend it expression. How then did she live in the temple, and what wondrous scale of virtues did she ascend? We must ourselves climb this heavenly ladder in thought, for when she took up the new and marvellous mission and entered the Holy of Holies, her conduct there became difficult to see, and she grew even more miraculous. Her spirit deepened further, and she received her food from heaven from the very archangel's hand. As she grew and matured physically, so also her spirit was honed and enriched, and the angel who sustained her instructed her in all integrity. In the words of Luke the Evangelist concerning her son, he grew in grace and stature, meaning he flourished more and more in the grace of the Holy Trinity. So also, she progressed in physical stature according to the sustenance she received from her provider and in spiritual discernment according to her exalted instructor 
who had been given to her by the grace of God as her special guardian. This was the state of affairs for the one who had been chosen to contain the uncontainable divine nature in her womb. What a supernatural miracle! For these reasons, the scripture speaks of her physical form and characteristics, since everything about her was wondrous, exceptional and glorious. Since she loved learning, she had a great acumen and retained every good word within her mind. Her inmost being was already absorbed in study and contemplation of the holy scriptures and all wisdom, since she was to become the mother of the word and wisdom of God. Mighty in word and discernment, as it is written, the Lord opened her mouth carefully and lawfully, and she created order with her tongue. Solomon carries on about her in the same vein. She has clothed herself with strength and dignity, meaning the grace and power to which she gave birth. She clothed herself with power and dignity from him who became flesh within her. Thus the rest of the passage also applies to her. And she rejoiced in the last days as queen of all things, for she contains all things, and everything from one end of the earth to the other bows to her, and renders her praise. For she reigns together with her Son and Lord, and she will reign all the more in the last days, when this fleeting world draws to a close. Then she will reign with her dearest Son in his kingdom that abides for all time and defies description. It is indeed appropriate for us to appeal to those passages of Scripture that most aptly describe her and complement each other's meaning. Many women have amassed spiritual and material riches. Many daughters have acquired wealth. Many have attained power. But you surpass and outstrip them all, both physically and spiritually. And you are greater than all of them by the divine grace of your miraculous child. While these testimonies from Scripture have somewhat delayed our telling of the story of her life, it is still good and fitting that they be cited, for they have been written for her glory and the benefit of those who love God. But now, let us return to the purpose of this work. Truly, just as the Mother of God is exalted above all compare and her glory surpasses all others, so also her spiritual labor and her very way of life are unparalleled. In the eyes of everyone, she was a vessel positively filled with grace. I will go even further. She was beyond all grace, awe-inspiring, full of understanding in appearance and conversation, seer of the visions of God, a stranger to all distress, wrath and indecency, beautiful in body and soul, graceful and upright, and abounding in all adornment and every virtue. She was indeed by nature such a holy virgin that it did not bother her in the slightest when suffering came upon her and tried to disturb the purity of her soul. So her holy soul was rich in love and compassion towards others, and thus in grace and mercy more like her son than any other, peaceful and humble in thought, exalted in abundant virtues and boundless grace. She is truly the queen over all creation in word and thought and deed. For she was to become the mother of the true king of the world who became poor and humbled himself for our sake unto death, even death on a cross. In the same way, 
the blessed and exalted eternal virgin was poor and humble of heart and spirit as in the Lord's beatitude. She submitted herself to the priests and honored their wishes. She was revered by all, for she had been born by divine grace and would give birth to the king of men and angels. Thus the power of God overshadowed her from earliest childhood and adorned her, body and soul, with every manner of goodness like a golden tapestry of countless colors. This was her rank and form when she entered the Holy of Holies as the true holy offering and spiritual image, the paragon of reason, the terror of demons and desire of angels. I will go even further, wondrous and terrible even to the angels, but pleasing and obedient to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A big thank you to all our listeners as we conclude this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favourite podcast provider. For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social media platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. We wish you a blessed week.